Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Thanks for joining us for the Now You Know Akron podcast. I'm your host, Craig Webb. Our spotlight topic for today's podcast will be a look at a recent controversy in the city of Hudson. Some parents are upset about writing prompts for a college credit course at the high school that were rather racy. We'll talk to our reporter, Phil Karen, who's been covering the issue, where it's at, and where this issue's going. But first, here's three things you should know from recent headlines on BeaconJournal.com. We've had a team of reporters covering the recent slaying of an 18-year-old University of Akron student and two men who were wounded early Sunday morning near the campus. Our reporters have been tracking that case and also what steps are being taken to ensure the safety of students and others who live around the University of Akron campus. Residents in Springfield Township are not sold on a plan by Amazon for a 141,000 square foot delivery station that's being planned to be built there. The site would include a station, a 54,000 square foot canopy where the company vans would line up to be loaded, park in parking spaces for 764 delivery vehicles along with 330 employee vehicles. The township is looking at the plan that is being met with some trepidation by the township. Hospitals in Ohio and in the Akron area are taking a look at their security procedures as violence continues to be seen at area hospitals over people upset over masking requirements and restrictions in visiting hours for some COVID patients. BeaconJournal.com and all of our apps always feature updated headlines and subscriber-exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. For today's Spotlight Topic, we are joined by reporter Bill Karen, who covers a number of communities for the Beacon Journal. He's been writing about an issue involving Hudson City Schools, and specifically its high school, where some parents are upset about a series of writing prompts in a course designed for students to earn college credits. Welcome. Thanks, Craig. Good to be here. Appreciate it. Bill, it seemed like we're we're talking a lot about Hudson as of late. It wasn't that long ago we were together uh, talking in this podcast about a speaker Memorial Day service whose mic was turned off because organizers felt he was talking too much about the role blacks played in early observances of the holiday. Now we're back talking about censorship of another sort. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, that's that's a a good point. Um, We are now talking about uh, concerns that parents had. Uh, about a book that uh, high school students, uh, senior level high school students were using in a course for college credit. Uh, it was a writing class. It is a writing class. Um, the book itself is called 642 Things to Write About. Um, and parents complained to the principal that there were some prompts they felt were inappropriate for 16, 17 year old students to be writing about. Um, as an example of a prompt, it, there was an example of write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. So anyways, once the principal was apprised of the uh, complaints that the parents had about the prompts, he did um, have the book removed. Um, he even announced that at a school board meeting on September 13th. And then um, 
at that same meeting, though, the parents also shared their complaints about it. They were very upset. Um, multiple parents complained. They felt it was, in some cases, grooming or sexualization of students, issues like that that they were concerned with. Um, and so that's kind of where things stand here with that at this point in time. Now, do we have any sense how many students are, are in this particular course and, and whether any actually um, did write about their uh, what they wouldn't tell their mother? Um, I'm not sure. Right. I'm blushing <laughs> as I say. Right. Yeah, there you go. I will say it was said um, by both the, the principal, Brian Wilch, and superintendent of the district, Phil Herman, said that the prompts, uh, no students had been assigned those writing prompts in the class thus far. I'm assuming we're referring to this school year. That's actually another point about this. Um, in my investigation, I found out the book has actually been used in this writing course through Hiram College for the past five years. I mentioned college, but it is taught at Hudson High School by a Hudson staff member. Um, so, and as far as how many students, I don't have an, an, a sense of that, though, at all. So this course is kind of tied to Hiram. Do, do we know what other, if there are other local school districts that have used Hiram for for this particular English course? That I haven't gotten into in my uh, investigation of the issue so far. It's probably something I'll get into as we're um, looking at this issue more. In fact, because right now the district is, they've pulled the book from the course and they are investigating the issue, looking into how the book was approved for the course which is another open question. I don't, I have not yet confirmed whether the district, Hiram, or both of them confirm or confirm, approve the book for the course. So some, lots of questions still out there about it. So I'm assuming it was up to the instructor at the high school to pick the prompts that they use. It wasn't just the kids had this option of 642 different ones. I guess every week you kind of, or every assignment you had a, a prompt that was prompted. I guess it's a used word prompted prompt too many times, but uh, by, by the instructor. Correct. I would assume that's correct. That the teacher has control over which prompts are selected. I recall the principal did say it, it, in a school year, students would write about 40, would be assigned about 40 of the 642 prompts. And given the number of prompts, I'm, it feels like you're, you probably have, um, many, many topics. I mean, topics just running the gamut uh, to help students get started on a writing assignment. So this issue came up. Now, at what point, and, and help me with my, my chronology here, sure. did the mayor of Hudson become involved? And that's sort of continuing what I was talking about a couple minutes ago. Yes, there were parents, multiple parents spoke at the September 13th Hudson School Board meeting uh, to raise their concerns about the prompts. Um, should note that was after the principal had already announced that he apologized to parents about the book. Uh, being used that the book was already being removed from the course so that had already happened even then they did complain during the public comment the mayor spoke mayor craig schubert uh, hudson mayor spoke at the end of the first public comment segment um, in which he did get up there and um where he called the material essentially child pornography to quote him uh and then called on the board to either resign or uh, possibly face criminal charges. So that's where he uh, entered the equation here. So it was at that same meeting on September 13th, correct? And I'm assuming at this point there have been no criminal charges or uh, we're we're still 
in process or right that's yeah that's correct um and and since then we've had the board say that they are not going to resign uh the, the board president david zero did say they're not gonna uh, none of the board members have indicated that they are gonna resign over this and as far as the the charges no there are no criminal charges um but Summit County Prosecutor uh, Sherry Bevan Walsh has announced that there is an investigation of multiple aspects of the issue. First and foremost, she has come out and said publicly that the writing prompts do not constitute child pornography. However, she did say that they are investigating whether the writing prompts violated any other law. And also, um, there is an investigation of whether any statements made at the board meeting violated laws and another component which we didn't talk about yet and this is a quite a serious aspect of this whole situation is that there are school board members who have received um threats uh via email um that they did deem serious enough that they were reported to police and so those threats are also being investigated now by the prosecutor's office to see if it violated law so there is an investigation afoot on this on a from the legal front it's hard for me not to draw parallels to our Memorial Day story. I mean, there were threats in that case, too. I mean, is it a question of civility? I mean, obviously, these are important issues. I, I'm not debating whether or not these are topics worthy of discussion, but I, I don't, it sounds contrite to say what's going on in Hudson, but, but you know, it, it, it feels like, you know, there were death threats made against American Legion members over over that issue, and now we have death threats against school board members. I mean, is is Hudson an angry town or is it just kind of middle of America and just that, I don't say turmoil. Right. It's a good question, Craig. I don't, I'm not sure. Thank how you. To, I, that's the only one I have this podcast. It's a great one. You stumped me. Stump, stump the guest, right? Well, um, you know, you've, you've been around a long time, right? I mean, why don't you tell folks how long you've, you've been covering local journalism here in, in this area. I've covered Hudson for a little over four years, but I have covered, uh, Cuyahoga Falls for two decades. Um, so, but yeah. My point is, yeah. I mean, you've been around two decades. I mean, you've covered a lot of public meetings, and mm-hmm. certainly I have set, set in uh, many sore rear ends from sitting in long meetings. But, I mean, it just feels like like things are a little different right now. I mean, is would you say as a journalist that, that just even civility at public meetings? You always had a gadfly. We always call him a gadfly who would yell. But it just feels like yes. it's a new generation of, of anger. Yes, I do agree with that, that there is some level of, there's been a convergence of a lot of things over the last few years. And now, um, between a political environment, and then of course, last year when we had the death of George Floyd and many of the resulting protests, and then we had, and of course, COVID now, and everything that that's prompted, and it's prompted so many different debates, um, you know, about masking, about vaccinating. And then, yeah, there's been a lot of issues going on now. Uh, and yes, we've always had our controversial issues and debates at school board meetings and council meetings, but there is, I agree, um, over this last year, there has been a different feeling to it now, and I can't quite describe it. You're right, there's sort of a different level of anger about it. It seems like we've lost that, sort of, and actually, the way you said that, civility. We've lost the sense of sort of um, 
agreeing to disagree about things and not, how do I want to say it, personalizing it. It seems like people on the opposite sides of some of these issues I just said sort of view the person on the other side of it as a bad person, for lack of a better term, right? Like, it becomes personalized. It's not just, uh, oh, hey, we disagree on this, but, hey, we're still friends. It feels like now people aren't – if you're on the opposite side of these things, you're probably not friends. There's so, so I think that's what's different about it now. And that's um, – I would argue that's that's concerning for our society at large, you know? that's. I think I'm 32 years in the business, mm-hmm. and I only remember police being called to one council meeting. Mm-hmm. Once, and that was back in the 90s. I mean, it, and mm-hmm. now it's it's commonplace, right? Oh, yes, very much so. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that because I actually just spoke to or spoke via email with the Hudson Schools communications person uh, yesterday, the day before we did this, to, and she confirmed um, they have had a police presence at the last few school board meetings, and that will be the case at the next uh, upcoming one, Cuyahoga Falls uh, school board meeting. Uh, they will have a police presence at their uh, next meeting here on October 6th. Um, and that's at least somewhat related to the fact we had people who came to the last Cog Falls School Board meeting who did not wear a mask and refused to put them on and refused to leave when, you know, asked, well, refused to put on masks when asked to and then refused to leave when asked to. So police were called out for that. And then the meeting actually ended up being adjourned without any business. So. Yeah, that's it's definitely commonplace now, which I agree. In the past, that was pretty unusual in, in some of these medium or smaller communities that I've covered over the years. What do you see the chilling effect for people getting involved? Do you think we'll see a generation of school board members just say, you know what, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I've had my run. Or do you think this activism will bring new people into the fold, or or just the whole anger is going to be more difficult to to fill some of these spots? To get people to run. I mean, right. Well, actually, I hate to sound like I'm being wishy-washy, but I would argue it's probably be some of both. You'll probably have people. I think you'll have some well-intentioned people that don't want to continue doing it or don't want to run if they haven't already done it. And um, but, yes, I also think you might have activist people, frankly, on both sides of these issues who are coming forward to fix the problems with the board or the council as they see it, right? <laughs> Again, depending on your perspective, I guess the problems might be different, but in a broader sense, they see that as pro- there are problems, right? So I could see them coming forward with that. But yes, I think you said chilling effect. Yes, I think it will have a chilling effect on some well-intentioned people who are just interested in fulfilling a maybe a civic duty they see themselves as having, and they may not want to do that anymore. I know the Hudson School Board members that are on the board and up for election are running for re-election this year, and they do have opposition this time. So we'll see what happens with that as well. And that's not always common. A lot of times, you know, some ward seat or, or at large seats that elect three and there are four people run, I mean, a lot of times there's not opposition. So, I mean, maybe the opposite is true. You, you know, we are seeing, you know, Opposing, you know, that some candidates who have run as, in, you know, incumbents and no opposition and probably didn't have to put up a sign if they don't want to are, are facing some competition over a variety of issues from masking to perhaps this, this particular issue. Yes. That and, and of course, certainly the um, we've also seen where the uh, critical race theory issue has become a 
big subject of discussion at many of these school board meetings as well. So that's, well, that's my yeah. That's my next question. Do you, mm-hmm. you see this as a one-off in Hudson, or are we going to have parents taking a deeper dive into all textbooks and assignments, and, and that that this is just you know a wedge in the door, and 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 we're going to be you know closely examining all things our, our kid you know their kids are bringing home. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because we have actually at these Hudson School Board meetings there have been a few, I'll emphasize a few, parents who have called on placing cameras in the classroom so that then parents could essentially watch a live, if they want, they can live stream their child's, I don't know, social studies class and observe what's happening. Uh, There was one gentleman who even suggested that, you know, you can protect children's identity because you put the camera in the back of the classroom and just seeing the backs of children's heads and just see the teacher's face, but then hear what they're talking about. I think that was Actually, I've heard it brought up by one parent in connection with CRT and one parent in connection with the um, with this latest issue on the book, on the, on the writing book. So we, I don't, to your point, I don't, at least for some parents, I don't think it will be a one-off. I think there's going to be a group of parents who are going to be interested in continuing to monitor, you know, what type of material their children are uh, working with in their classes. What a fascinating thought. I mean, I, you know, I guess yeah. as First Amendment guys, I mean, we're, we're, we're all for transparency, right? <laughs> you know, it's kind right. of hard. But the, the thought of having a camera in every classroom and live streaming every class, I mean, I, 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 I just don't know. You know, I, I, I will full disclosure, I, I worked as an adjunct at, at Kent State um, mm-hmm. teaching journalism. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess, sure, put a camera in, but it did. Would there be a little bit of a chilling effect? I mean, do you think students might be as honest in their answers if they thought that somebody or that somebody's recording every moment of every discussion? Boy, what a what a I I, I don't know what to make of that. You know, I mean, it's it's like mm-hmm. I said, it's a First Amendment guy. I, it sounds great. Yes, you know, body cameras, everything. We should, but right. yet, you know, do we really? Should there be some academic freedom? I mean, should there should there be some freedom for students? You know. What's your thoughts? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm wishy-washy like you in the last one. <laughs> it's a wishy-washy show, right? Um, yeah. it, it is interesting. I've been, I've given it some thought. I don't know exactly where I fall on that right now. It does seem like it would have, keep using that phrase, but yes, I think it would have a chilling effect on what, uh, Perhaps a little bit how a teacher might present something and also how what students might want to share, uh, in a class, if you will. And it, I don't know, it just gets into a lot of, it does get into a lot of issues about, yeah, like you said, First Amendment, somewhat privacy too, I guess, I feel like. And it's sort of, and, and yes, yeah, like you said, academic freedom. It's going to be an, an interesting issue. Hudson's the only place I've heard anybody bring up the idea of having cameras in a classroom like that. So I'm not sure. It, it's a it's a challenging issue, but I I don't I know this much. I don't think it's going to go away. I think the the smaller contingent of parents may still be asking for that. I know they were also certainly asking to be able to review materials that would be. Um, on the CRT issue as well. So it's hard to say where that's going to go, but I don't think it's going to go away. 
I'll put it that way. It'd be like the ultimate C-SPAN with 453 channels for every classroom in the school. Yes, that's right. You pick pick your boring school. topic. Which committee meeting do you want to hear? Right. So what's the next yeah. step? I mean, so we're, what's the next step in, in, in all this? And not all, all this, but getting back to, oh, you yeah. know, the, the book is gone, but I mean, yeah. is there any discipline for the teacher or is there any steps that the school board plans to take or the school district in the future that reviewing the, the curriculum a little more carefully or what's, what's the next step? Well, there's, let's see. Right now, I guess there's, there may be three steps, three upcoming issues here. We have two investigations. We have the, the prosecutor's office investigation, which uh, they've so far said they don't really have a timetable on it. They announced it uh, Friday, September 17th. So we'll see where that goes and what comes from that exactly. They just said they're investigating whether laws were broken on various issues. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, they haven't really been clear on what the specific outcomes would be there. The Oh, and second investigation would be that they're, the school district has said they are investigating the sort of process that was used to approve this book, the 642 things to write about book for that writing class. And they, they've indicated it might take several weeks for an outcome of that investigation. Nothing has been, to your point, Craig, about discipline for a teacher. Nothing was, nothing's been said about that. What one way or another, you know, so I don't know if that's, will be part of what the outcome of the investigation is or not. And, oh, the third issue was, of course, back to Mayor Craig Schubert has asked for uh, the board members to resign. When I asked him the, the day after he made his, gave his ultimatum to the school board, I did ask him, well, do you have sort of timetable with that? He did tell me, and I did have that in a story, that he would like to see them resign by the end of the month. So we'll see if he, Pushes them, I guess, if you will, here in about a week. Um, that didn't sound like a firm deadline from his perspective, right? But when I asked him if he did have a timetable, his answer was that, yes, he would like to see it by the end of the month. Because there is another board meeting coming up on the 27th. So those are kind of the three what's next uh, items with this issue right now. Well, Phil, thank you for joining us. Keep up the great work and the great reporting. And maybe when we get back, we can uh, talk about the, the new textbook for the course, 14 Things to Write About, um, <laughs> when it comes out right. for next year. So <laughs> thanks a lot again, Phil. Oh, you're welcome, Craig. My pleasure. That's all the time we have today for the Now You Know Akron podcast. Be sure to join us again next week. Episodes are released every Wednesday or thereabouts wherever you download your favorite podcasts. They're also available on BeaconJournal.com and all of our apps. Before we go, we have to thank our producer, BJ Lisko, who keeps us on task. And without him, this podcast would not be possible. And we urge you to support local journalism by becoming a subscriber. If you've already signed up, you have my heartfelt thanks. Until next week. Now you know Akron.